0: Hello Man fans, Ollie Man here with the season finale of The Modern Man. Fire up your glitter cannons, this is the big one. Uh, we are, by the way, going to be returning before you ask, and thank you for asking, uh, <laughs> for a third season in the autumn. Uh, we always kind of envisage this show in blocks of ten episodes because, frankly, we haven't got enough time, uh, essentially for no money, um, to go around researching and recording all the interviews to do uh, 52 a year. Uh, but we do hope in the future to do more every year, and we will be back, as I say, in the autumn, uh, or as uh, Americans wrongly call it, the file. Um, thank you for all your reviews this week. iTunes.com/slash n if you want to leave us a review. Uh, Connor has done that on the British iTunes page. He says, uh, Absolutely love this podcast. In the grand scheme of spin-offs, Already slightly prickly about this, Connor. Uh, the modern man is to answer me this, what Joey was to friends, if Joey wasn't complete dung. Uh, Connor, that is damning us with faint praise, I must say. Uh, he then says, P.S. Can I be the man for Ireland? Uh, look, I appreciate the chutzpah here, just coming out and asking if you can be... Uh, our representative across the Irish Sea, but that is quite an important territory, that Ireland, being our neighbour. So I'm afraid that I felt on this one I really had to stick to the rules. And so I've done some digging around, and actually the first Irish person to post a review for the show on iTunes was actually someone called A.M. Cork uh, back in November on Irish iTunes. They did it properly. Uh, so A.M. Cork, even though you didn't ask for it, you are now the Irish manbassador muzzle-toff. Now, on with this week's show. Apologies to those of you who are still trying to get the dead labia skin question out of your minds from last week. Uh, That had a hell of a reaction. Uh, And actually, all of you as well who were still shuddering about the urethral earthworm we talked about the week before. Uh, This week's foxhole is less rank, but no less frank, is how I would put it. Uh, It was recorded in Alex's back garden Uh, uh, who were missus, etc, as actually was the zeitgeist this week. Um, So you will hear this week the sound of Ollie Peart getting shat on by a pigeon, uh, which is amazing when you think really 20 episodes of the show and I've been refining my sarcastic repasts. Uh, a pigeon wins the day with the ultimate heckle. Uh, My interview this week is with a young man who's a hermit, kind of modern day hermit Uh, he lives in a forest in a house that he built himself. I'm not going to tell you any more right now because I don't want to ruin it for you but suffice to say it's quite amazing to see the house whilst you're listening. There's lots of photos on our website, I took lots of pictures because architecturally what he's managed to build in the forest from natural materials single handedly is amazing. So whilst you're listening do look at the photos, modern man, M-A-W Uh, Right, in today's show, you will learn what a mangina is. Uh, It's not a spin-off from this podcast. You will learn why Birmingham is the sex capital of the UK. Uh, Well, for one week anyway. And you'll learn what dandelions taste like. Let's go.
2: On this week's Modern Man. I used to have um, quite a bit of a problem with the rats. Five or six every day and every night. You couldn't be left alone. What's it really like to live in the forest?
1: The woman going, ah, and the llama's going, meh. So it's like, "Ah, meh, ah, meh.
0: And Alex Fox has your definitive guide to shagging in a tent. But first, it's the man who invented written music. It's Ollie Peart with the Zeitgeist. Hello, Ollie. Hello. Before actually we proceed any further, Go I just feel because it's the end of the series, we mm-hmm. should just reflect on the French learning. How's that going?
3: Yeah, pretty, pretty bad. So I've still got the post-it notes up around my house, uh-huh. which is great. So I can still tell you what a uh, windowsill is.
0: Right, which but is fluent French is still a while away. Oh
3: yeah, no, that's way off. I mean, we're talking decades. What are the big trends of the week? Spider Robot Army.
0: I could have said the same thing. <laughs> you were predicting tongue. it. I Absolutely. could tell. I could tell. Everywhere you go, people are just like, oh, Spider Robot Army, Spider Robot Army.
3: Basically, Siemens, everyone's favourite named brand, they have developed these robots which are like spiders, and they work together in their factories, so they kind of have like the hive mind. You know that phrase? The hive mind? Y- yes. We've so already know what each other.
0: insect had... metaphors there. Yeah. And are they... they like ladybirds in that they also uh, live under a plant?
3: My point is... In the next few decades, mm-hmm. like something like 50% of jobs are going to become automated because mm-hmm. of robotics, improvements in robotics and yeah. this kind of stuff. And this is a step in that direction. So all these robots work together and they like crawl off to go and recharge and hand over the job to someone else. They know what they're doing. It's scary well, anyway. Well, when you say
0: they hand over the job to someone else, they hand over the job to another oh, robot. Another spider? Yeah. Yeah, not a human. Because that's the thing, isn't it? It's like the self-driving cars. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a long time to teach a vehicle how to talk to a human. I mean, look at Siri. Well, you know, they're not gonna be able to explain what just happened when yeah, they the vehicle, have an incident.
3: The vehicle doesn't no, but the vehicle doesn't need to talk to a human, really, it, does it? It does
0: because there's gonna be other humans on the road. Like that's why so so when people are worried about their jobs being taken, mm-hmm. the spiders can only talk to other spiders. There are some jobs where you need human communication skills.
3: Yeah, but the human communication will be interpreting the data that the spiders feed back. So in the case of the car, if the car has an accident, it will be down to a judge or whatever to look at the footage of the accident and, and determine who was whose fault it was.
0: No, oh, By your logic, it could be a robot judge in 50 well, years. Yeah, maybe. Who's he going to side with? Huh? It could be. He's going to vote for his brother from another motherboard.
3: But if you are going to produce robots to take over people's jobs and that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. why make them spiders? Yeah. That's scary. Like, right, okay, driverless cars, the Google car, it's cute. It looks cute. Fine, I don't mind those taking over the world. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I don't want a robot spider army taking over the world.
0: What else has been trending this week in nobody's world but yours?
3: Soda Stream beer.
0: I'm excited. Yes, I'll tell you why I'm excited because those two words have already described the next two minutes of conversation for me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know, is that actually what the product's called? Uh, no, they're calling it Blondie.
0: Oh, how can they get that so wrong? Just call it Soda Stream beer. I was excited. It's
3: awful as well. Like the branding's done like some kind of Eastern European fancy lager kind of thing. Uh huh. Oh no, she's more German, sort of German, like a German beer. Uh-huh. But they called it Blondie. So and, and uh, anyway, oh, it's I not beer making, going is it? The
0: craft beer market. So it's like the kind of people who might make their own beer at home.
3: Mm-hmm, but can't be bothered.
0: It's, it's the Nespresso of beer making, isn't it? That's what they're doing. That's making. essentially what it is. have
3: <laughs> yeah. um, I've read beer. Reading a few articles about it, and they're all touting it as sort of home brewing. It's mm, not home of brewing. Of course it's not. It's not. It's adding fizzy water to concentrated beer mix.
0: And is that going to taste like beer, and will no. it make you drunk?
3: No. Well, it'll make you drunk. It's 4.5%. I haven't tasted mm. it, so uh, don't take my word for it. Is this a product that's
0: on the market yet?
3: You can get it in Switzerland and Germany and that's it. Which is weird because, I mean, Germany, I mean, it's one of the best places in the world for beer. So you'd think that it probably wouldn't do that well there, no?
0: No, but that's the point, isn't it? They're going to be able to then sell that in America and Britain and say, big hit in Germany. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. must be good.
3: In all fairness, here in Britain, we drink Carling, so I think it will probably be fine. (laughs) Can't be worse than Carling, surely.
0: I think if you look at the success of Nespresso, though, Mm -hmm. where they have actually managed to take basically instant coffee and turn it into something sexy with George Clooney in the ads and a flagship Regent Street store. I think there is the possibility here that your trendy sort of hipster calves might have on the tabletop a SodaStream beer maker and say, do you want to, have a, want to have a beer? I'll make it for you fresh. Even if it isn't as good as something that's been bottled at source.
3: Oh, perhaps as some kitsch novelty. But the, tri- the difference with Nespresso... Hotel
0: Room. Hotel room, Premier Inn with a soda stream beer in it. No, because I'd That's sooner... That's like Alton Towers Hotel where you get the cola out of the taps, but for adults.
3: No, but I'd sooner just have a bottle of Heineken in the fridge. I think the point, right, the Nespresso, the thing with Nespresso is all that coffee is, even at the the Uber artisan level, it's just pushing hot water through... A pod of coffee, that's mm. essentially what it is. So, with Nespresso, it's exactly the same, it's just that they've pa- packaged the coffee with this. It's beer concentrate, it's like space beer. Give it to Tim Peake, no one else wants it. Get rid of
0: it. But you're imagining yourself in the comfort of your own home, Ollie Peer. I'm forcing you to imagine yourself in a Premier Inn, right? When you're in those places, or Travel Lodge, right? You're in a Travel Lodge, okay? fancy place, fancy place. <laughs> I stayed in Travel Lodges frequently for one particularly memorable year of my life, and mm-hmm. one thing that you get in Travel Lodges all over Britain. And I imagine this is trial and error from the clientele that stay there because they don't have a wardrobe, they just have hangers, but they have a bottle opener. They have the, uh, what what do you call that, like a hinged thing?
3: Yeah, I know what you mean. It's just a a wall-mounted bottle opener. A beer
0: wall dock. And you go in there and you say... A beer
1: wall dock.
0: No, (laughs) a wall-mounted bottle opener. Beer beer wall dock is uh, (laughs) Scandi Noir. (laughs) Detective series. <laughs> yeah. You go in the hotel room, you look around, and you think, Christ, this is depressing, isn't it? They've mm. got a telly from the 80s, they don't have a wardrobe door, and the only facility that they've laid on is the option to open a bottle of beer. That's what my life is. I have to pay for the Wi Fi, but they know that I have to drink to be able to stay here, right? Now imagine it's got a soda stream beer instead. You walk and you're like, oh my god, they've got a soda stream beer. What fun.
3: No, that's even more tragic. No, it
0: turns it into fun.
3: No, it doesn't <laughs> it turn does. it into fun. It's still a travel lodge. But. <laughs> It reminds me of this bottle opener that I saw this week as well, called the uh, the Box Bottle Opener X. Oh, yeah. And it is the world's first, just, pre- I'm preparing, I'm just, I can't wait to see your reaction. Yeah, it's yeah. the world's first. I'm wearing sunglasses, should I take them off so yeah, I can please. prepare yeah. to
0: set my eyes to astounded?
3: The world's first smart bottle opener. See uh, that in
0: my eyes? Complete in- ambivalence. Incredible. What does smart beer opener mean? Connected to the internet. Yeah. For what purpose? Yes, exactly. So that when you're on the bus, you can open it on the way home?
3: I think we're all doomed. Basically, whenever you open a bottle, you, yeah. you can link it to Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp. Share it and, with your friends. And, and it, you're and still drinking
0: alone. Yes.
3: But all it, <laughs> all it identifies is your drinking problem to your mates. Yeah. But in their head, they're kind of like, oh, well, he's opened a bottle. Quick, let's get around and drink. Or do you just drink socially but separately?
0: What are the other trends of the week?
3: Emoji. That's not new. I saw this story. I say story. It was an image on mm. Imgur. you seen mm. Imgur?
0: Yeah, I think I've Spell used them. I-M-G-U-R.
3: Yeah, Imgur. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically a dentist holding up a sign that says Feeling Fresh, and it's to promote her, her dental practice, mm-hmm. and above where it says Feeling Fresh, there is an emoji. It's the poo emoji, mm-hmm. but she's recoloured it to make it look like a squirt of toothpaste. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's still got the eyes. It is revolting. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's, disgusting. it's really horrible. And is it
0: she's... a joke designed to trend? But well, I mean, no I'm using really... the word virally appropriately in this case.
3: No one's really sure because she kind of doesn't look like she knows what an emoji is. Right. It made me think about emojis. Yeah. Because who decides? what emojis become emojis uh-huh. it is yeah. the unicode consortium yeah have you heard of them
0: uh, now you mention it yes it rings
3: a bell okay well no need to have such a dull face on. i'm being
0: honest no Yeah. what do you want me yes i've thought about it before it's a be, bit boring now you honest, mentioned it i remember it's not boring okay
3: group of volunteers and they basically look after the code that's sort of behind emojis but every year yeah every june to be I love precise the energy you're
0: putting into this, as no, if because this is I, get I really exciting.
3: like i really like this yeah Every year they basically decide on a new batch of emojis that are going to be rolled out.
0: Yeah, we were talking about this in the foxhole the other week. Alex wanted to get a condom emoji off the ground.
3: 72 new emojis, Ollie. Goodness me. 72 new emojis. Roll out the street party. Do you want to hear what's going to be in it? Yeah. Okay, so you've got rolling on the floor laughing. That's going to be in. What, as an image? Yeah.
0: It's a man rolling on the floor laughing.
3: Or a woman. But these are on the list. It's not actually completely Uh finalised, even though it's going to be out on the 21st of June. But these are the ones they're pretty sure are going to happen.
0: Uh Face palm. Yeah, okay, I can imagine using that, yeah. That's useful, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You're gonna use that. Yeah, well, but when that I'm talking is to like you.
3: you know the ones that aren't like the big yellow face? Yeah. It's not that, it's like it actually looks like a person. Yeah. It's one of those face palm. Uh uh-huh. Then you've got a deer. Think about how you're gonna use these. A shark, a shrimp, and a cucumber. I mean there's enough emojis for penises, right?
0: Exactly. I think cucumber is gonna get used in a foxhole way. Shrimp, probably not so much. Has well, it got eyes though?
3: I haven't seen the shrimp one.
0: I wonder. I just don't know how the poo got eyes. That's what I'm always fascinated by. And I know that it's an Apple Android thing, by the way. If you send um, from your iPhone to my Android phone Mm -hmm. a picture of a smiling poo, Mm -hmm. it comes up on my Android phone as a steaming pile of shit. That's how it translates it. Android doesn't have the happy poo, and Apple turns the nasty poo into a happy poo.
3: And actually, that's the other thing. Um, Unicode Consortium just sort out the numbers and all that kind of stuff but the software can interpret what the actual emoji looks like that's why there's subtle differences in mm. them. do you want to know what the most popular emojis are at the moment
0: the most popular one surely is just the smiley face isn't it no I bet it is No, I bet they discount it like when they say oh the most popular website in the world this year was you know the ITV news website and you're thinking definitely the top 100 are porn
3: this is from Emojipedia they know what they're talking about Okay, number one face with tears of joy do you know that one
0: crying with laughter do
3: you want to guess another one
0: um, uh, well the other one I see is the one with steam coming out of its ears for frustration
3: I've never seen anyone use that one really so obviously I frustrate communicate- a lot of people yeah you just annoy people it's mostly from my girlfriend do you not get the smiling face with heart shaped eyes really? never, <laughs> you never get- so you've never seen that but you've seen the steaming ears yeah one yeah it yeah. says more about you than That does else, doesn't it
0: it's yeah, quite it does. an interesting bit of research actually
3: um, so that, yeah that's pretty much it
0: that's the end of the zeitgeist for the whole series.
3: Yeah, was that an anti-climax? Is that what you'd describe that as?
0: It wasn't a smiley face with hearts on its eyes and it wasn't the face with steam coming out of its ears. Was it was just it? a smiley face. It was a... That passed the time. It was, a, it was a little man wearing a watch but not hitting himself in the face with it.
3: Not reversed hand with middle finger extended? No. That's on there.
0: But it wasn't rock either. You know the <laughs> With the two fingers. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't that. In between that. It's just yeah, it was just like that. it was like that's fine, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a mainstream accessible way to enter this week's episode, Ollie, and really that's that's all we need you for. Uh in the time that we're off, how can people get in touch with you with future trends?
3: Well they can use the Modern Man Twitter, which is at the Modern Man.
0: Promote yourself, Ollie. Go on. Yeah. Last well, episode of the series. Go well, on. Well, get yourself a follower. Get me. Get
3: me yeah. Get myself, <laughs> I just want one One extra follower. <laughs> at Ollie EP. Also, am I allowed to say this? I do a daily vlog. Yeah, of course you can say that. I do a daily vlog on YouTube. Yeah. My YouTube channel is Mr. Ollie E P. You know, I've done a few videos for Modern Man on there, and it would just be lots of just little quirky little things. Some, Most of it's just me walking my dog, but that's nice.
0: Yep, it's a strong sell.
3: That's a good luck charm. I've just been shat on by a bird.
0: (laughs) On that bomb, Charlie. It's been a pleasure uh, (laughs) hearing your trends for another series. (laughs) Go and wash yourself off. I will. Bye. Bye. This episode of The Modern Man is brought to you by nobody, because no one has bought this ad slot. Uh, If you'd like to sponsor the show, do get in touch. But if you're just an ordinary listener, well, evidently, we need your support as well. If you want another series of cracking interviews, weekly trends, and sex dilemmas, then why not pledge to buy us just one beer a month at modernman.co.uk. And by the way, I absolutely promise, in the months the show is off air, your card will not be charged. Uh, thanks very much to this week's beer heroes, CP, Patrick, Michelle and Arno. Join their ranks, visit M A uk and click Beer Money. Thanks. Right, uh, you join me for this week's middle feature uh, in a field near Watford. I accessed it by parking in a retail park and then walking across a busy road But then as is the way with the Greenbelt countryside of Hertfordshire, uh, suddenly, a few steps away from the road, you find yourself in open fields. Um, But anyway, I'm leaving creature comforts behind uh, because as we walk further into this countryside, myself and my intrepid producer, uh, we are on our way to meet a man called Daniel Pike. He's 28 years old and he lives here in the forest. That's all I know. I just heard about it and saw some pictures of the amazing clay house that he's built himself. And I thought, I have to meet this guy. Uh, I think all of us harbours this fantasy of outdoor survival living. Uh, giving up our mod cons and, and living outside, which is easier said than done most of the year. I mean, it's June at the moment and it's quite pleasant, but I wouldn't want to live here in November. So I'm fascinated to meet him and see what he's built.
2: I say it's a bit
0: dark. OK, so first thing is, it,
2: it, it's warm. Yeah, it, it's, it's strange because the clay has one of them uh, weird properties where um, in the summertime it'll heat up in the daytime and when it's cold in the nighttime it starts to release all the heat so it's warm inside. But um, when it's hot outside in the daytime it'll be cooler inside. Yeah. Um, but in the wintertime it doesn't work like that. It's just, it's just with the heat.
0: And you, you've actually built a fire as well, haven't you, for when it is cold?
2: Yeah, there's a fireplace just opposite the bed there. It's on the outside, it's just a hole I made through the wall. These are just um, small LED lights, and uh, they're just well wired up to a little battery bank I made on the side here. It's just A batteries connected together in series, um, and they're being charged by solar panels on the top. Um, and yeah, they're just all wires just uh, literally in the clay. And the ceiling, it looks like
0: sort of corrugated steel, doesn't it? But it's just, what is it? It's wood? Yeah, it's just wood all wood,
2: yeah. Wood and just filled in with clay in between.
0: Do you occasionally get bits of it fall in on you whilst you're sleeping though?
2: Um, sometimes the clay, when it cracks, it sometimes comes off and now and again I get little leaks here and there so that'll take the clay off as well. So Daniel, describe where it is that we're sitting at the moment. Um, this is uh, the outside seating area that I built. Um, it's just a shelter with a fireplace in the centre and a few benches around there. It's kind of a social area. Because you've kept in touch with quite a lot of your friends, even though you've moved
0: out to the forest. Yeah,
2: yeah, I still keep in contact with all of them.
0: Did they believe you when you turned up on the front door and said, yeah, I've been living in the forest?
2: Yeah, they did. They they know what I'm like, and they know I've been through this kind of stuff a lot.
0: What did they say? Did some of them try and talk you out of it, or, or were they all very
2: supportive? Uh, there's one friend. Um, he's one of my best friends, in fact. He's very diplomatic and academic, um, he he's been trying to talk me out of it a lot. He's been saying, um, "Listen, I have a house here, a room here. You can come back here, and you know, I help you get a job and work your way back." But I've always I've always told I've always told him I appreciate your offer, but um, this is something that I got to do. So this whole lifestyle began because
0: your mum chucked you out. You were actually homeless.
2: I was staying in a, in a block of flats one time in the um, fire exit area. One guy, one guy knew his, He was very supportive. What the fuck? He was off trying to offer me money and stuff. You know, trying to welcome me as a new neighbor. <laughs> but um, I eventually left that place as well. I was I was camping out in a tent, and um, it was in the winter time. And this is where the idea came to build the actual house here because um, I just got fed up of sleeping in a tent. I needed more space. I needed to make things so I could live properly. I just started uh, getting wood and uh, making a shack. Uh, putting the poles in the ground and started weaving the wood together but because it was winter time and the um, there was water in the clay it froze off in the night time so then when it got warm again in the daytime it it all expanded and just cracked off and I thought I couldn't do this it's cold as well you know I need to you know go back to my mum's get a job and that's what I did you went and got a
0: job didn't you working in Tesco for a while
2: yeah I was working in Tesco Um, my my role was the uh, cashier one of the main things that really got to me was uh, the, the lasers, because they're pretty strong lasers, and there's a thing called a Hunter laser, and it's just lasers going everywhere, and it goes in your eyes and stuff. The thing that scans the barcodes? Yeah, and um, it was giving me quite a few headaches now and then, and uh, all the long hours just working on there, um, I just gave up with that, because this has been a cycle for me throughout my life, and um, I just started to realize a lot of stuff about the system. It got involved with uh,
0: conspiracy. You started feeling that the world wasn't fair, and you started, what, looking on the internet, basically?
2: Yeah, the internet is um, where I got most of my information from. So do you remember a particular article or a particular thing that changed your sort of way of looking at the world? I guess one of the first things, um, my dad actually wrote an article about this, is to do with aliens, um, in particular a species called grey aliens, but then later on in my life I uh, started to research this again, because I was small at the time, and my dad left then. I read his article and then I started to research about Greys and since the 1940s uh, there's been a famous, famous UFO crash in America called the Roswell crash. There's a whistleblower called Sergeant Philip Corso. He was there on the scene at the Roswell crash at the time. Um, but he's died now but he's made interviews, uh, he's very old, he's made interviews exposing the whole thing and he's saying they shot down the UFO for technology integrated circuit chips, lasers, fibre optics, Kevlar technology and total computer technology, what we all have now. This was 1960 when it all came out in the public, the technology, when they reversed engineered it. And so what do you say to people who hear you say that and then say,
0: no, it doesn't. It comes about because Hewlett-Packard invented a microchip in the 1960s and Bill Gates invented Microsoft in the 1980s. Why is that less convincing than the alien theory?
2: Well, because we have actual credited... um, identifiable high-ranking whistleblowers who worked in the military who's coming out not not just sergeant philip corso but men, many many others they're all saying the same thing and it's just a basically a huge cover-up
0: okay because some people would say well what you're describing saying you can't handle it you've got stress you know you don't need to come and live in a hut you need to go and talk to a therapist and they'll help you through yeah. your issues i mean
2: it's it's because it's of what i know if i didn't know what i knew then um there wouldn't be much stress I'll just be pretty much ignorant about it and what did you miss about this when you were back with your your mum I missed the freedom because when I'm back there I'm, I see myself as a controller I have to do certain things for someone else in a certain pattern I don't have too I although I do have a little bit of choice I don't have too much choice out here I have a uh, full freedom and full choice Okay, so you thought you'd come back out and
0: improve on what you'd built before. Yeah. Did you take advantage of the fact when you were back living with your mum to look on the internet and look into some research about how you could build a better house?
2: Yeah, I was looking on YouTube um, about loads of people building mud houses and natural houses. So what's a good tip? Well, when you dig out the clay, you need to make it uh, mix it with a lot of water so it's all nice and sticky. If it crumbles when you're rolling it, probably need to put more water on, otherwise it won't. When you build it and um, it dries, um, it
0: might crack. I mean, I I wouldn't even be able to tell you looking around here what's clay and what's mud.
2: How do you even find the best resources to use? This clay actually had a greyish-orange tint to it and um, it's just the way it feels. You can tell it's different from soil. It doesn't break apart so easily. In all the fields around, there's loads of straw growing. So I just picked it, picked it every day and then used it. The stones, they're just all in the clay itself. I mean, you can refine the clay, but it will take quite a while. And then you've built yourself paths going into your home. And yeah. there's a little bridge
0: that I had to cross to get in. Yeah, There's some natural water source as well. I'm guessing
2: none of that was quite here in that way when you chose it. No, it was. Um, this place was very muddy, um, especially in the rain. The, the whole place would be just like a swamp. Um, that's why I needed to build these pathways, the stone pathways. Otherwise, it got too much. Um, And the bridge and everything, you know, that I used to jump it all the time from the stream across the stream. But uh, I fell in the stream a few times when it was dark. Uh, The the real problem I had was with um, building the walls here. Because if I built it too quick and the clay didn't dry underneath, the weight would be too heavy for it and it would just collapse. And that happened a good four or five times. And you built yourself basically a bed. Yeah. Talk me through that. What's yeah. it made of? The base of it is all wood uh, with clay on top of that. There's um, a straw mattress. Uh, it's just loads of straw put on top with a cover over that. Um, and loads of duvets and covers and pillows. And what about unwanted
0: attention from animals? Because, I mean, you know, if I go and have yeah. a picnic in a field, suddenly there's mice and birds and insects all around yeah. me. I imagine they're all biting you and running underneath you all the time, aren't they?
2: I I used to have um, quite quite a bit of a problem with the rats, uh, they were coming in every day maybe five or six every day and every night you know you couldn't be left alone i had to make traps traps for them to get rid of them but yeah i haven't had too much of a problem now with them it's just before so food i want to talk to you about food you're a vegan yeah
0: that complicates things even further some people think if they'd live in a forest that they'd you know they'd kill the old animal walking past or at least uh pick up some animal products like eggs yeah you can't do
2: that no what do you eat just all plants. There's so many different types of plants, um, dandelions. I mean, people think they're weeds. They just pluck them out and take them out, but you, you can eat all of them. What does a dandelion taste like? How do you cook it? I haven't really cooked dandelions. I eat them raw. Um, I usually like the top part, the yellow part, on the t- orange part on the top, because that tastes kind of sweet. It has the nectar in it. In the summertime, I mean, you'll be amazed at the stuff that grows out here. I'll out the berries. There's wild beans growing. There's wheat growing. There's a fruit field there. You have all the blackberries growing there in the summertime. You must have had some bad experiences
0: though, where you've eaten something you thought it was safe to eat and actually it's poisoned you or made you sick.
2: Yeah, um, mushrooms. And to be honest, it was, it was a normal field mushroom. Um, I did cook it, but uh, it just made me puke up everything for the whole day. And ever since then, I don't really like the taste, you know, the juice in mushrooms mm. as a certain scent. Now I'm just put off by them. And what do you do for entertainment? I noticed there's a guitar when we went in. Yeah. There's not really much time for it because there's a lot of stuff to do out here as well. But I usually meditate to pass the time because meditation really helps me to relax. I've learned about um, all my ex- anxieties and depressions and stuff like that. I'm a very sensitive person in a sense, um, like empathetically, energetically and stuff. But it, it used to be too much like an overload. Like if I'm in a crowd of people, it's just like an overload of energy, I feel. But um, I've got used to like handling it, and you know, just assimilating everything. Is is your driving motivation to improve the way you feel,
0: or is it to get back to a way of life that people had for thousands of
2: years before? It is kind of both, and it's 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 not to go back to where how they used to be before, but um, it's to carry on evolving. The evolution is being suppressed in the sense of physically being suppressed. So all the stuff that in is in the food, all the processed food we're making, the pollution we're doing, all the technology that we can interfere with our our nervous system and our electromagnetic fields, like the phones and stuff like that, the way they make them is uh, not good. I see that as um, them holding back their evolution because they're working against nature. But they're
0: helping people live longer. I mean, if you broke your leg in the stream you would still go to the hospital, wouldn't you?
2: I mean, if you broke your leg, you go to the hospital and what they'll probably do, they might give you an or something, but they'll just put a cost on your leg because your body will heal itself back. So you would
0: be wary, would you, of being treated by a
2: doctor if you weren't well? Yeah, I haven't been to the doctor
0: since I was an early teenager. And what about when you're older? Because you're still in your 20s at the moment. Yeah. But do you think when you're 40, you'll still be living outside
2: in a house that you've built? And do you think you'll still be living by yourself? by the time I'm 40 I'm I, I hope to have another build another house somewhere else um in a nice tropical place uh, but I still want this place this place I'm going to expand on to make another room and stuff um, <laughs> you sound like someone it. you sound like anyone talking about their semi-detached home in Watford <laughs> yeah yeah well exactly i mean we've been using clay and mud um adobe and cob they call it in england uh, we've been using that for thousands of years to build, it's only in the past 500 years or so that um, we've been using tar. But could you
0: imagine sharing your life with someone? Could you imagine getting married?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I hope to find someone, settle down and have children as well. See, because social services are not going to be happy with the kid being brought up here, are they? Well, the kid will have a choice when he's old enough to realise, if he wants to live in society. When he's old enough to realise everything, he can. But um, But that's the
0: issue, isn't it? They'll say your child doesn't have a choice. You're bringing them up in a place where they don't have access to education or, yeah. you know, a Well, doctor. this is the thing.
2: When we've been living like this for thousands and thousands of years, like I said, it's only in the recent past that we've literally changed all this um, institutionalised education has been coming in. But um, parents have been teaching their children. The children who are, hear their parents' voices or um, are taught by their parents at home, they they learn much more better than in school, much more better.
0: Now, the Woodland Trust have recently
2: said they're going to take you to court over this and they want the land back. That happened because they had a few reports. Uh, one of them from one of their contractors who's been cutting some wood down here, they came across this and told them. And they said they had a few other reports from people who stumbled up across it. So that's how it began. And they came down and had a word word with me, told me I had to move off. And um, I was talking to them and telling t- telling them why I can stay here why can we don't have to move off and what is that what did you say Um, because this is the mass of nature land you know it's no one can control masses of nature land you know we only can own our personal living space if everyone if everyone in this town right next to all them thousands of people instead started living naturally in harmony with nature you wouldn't have all these problems with the pollution Um, you wouldn't have all these problems with the trees going they're using cutting down so much trees the trees have, we have to use natural materials anyway if you live here like this i've only chopped down a few trees here they're all growing back it's all sustainable and you've got solar and, you know, panels haven't you is yeah i have solar panels. how did you how on earth did you manage to get those together um they were denoted to me as well most of my friends they they gave me most of them yeah i'm planning to get uh, other solar panels and this thing here uh, the bike attached to the alternator uh, to get power I mean you're
0: pointing to something that looks like yeah. sort of cyberpunk meets the Flintstones isn't yeah. it talk me through what that is
2: um, so it's a bike You've yeah got a, a, it's it's a bike it's held off the ground um, just wireframe sticks that are made uh, it's held off the ground so the back wheel's free to spin and that's just connected with um, a few strings as a pulley it's connected to an alternator that's held in the ground by wireframe sticks so and that powers what that's like a generator you can use for all sorts of stuff. That should be powering a car battery. So when I get a car battery, that's going to be powering that, storing power in it. Um, I can use it for anything I want. All I need is an inverter, and then uh, that should have a normal plug socket.
0: And since your story's been told in a local paper, there's that sort of freakish element now to this because it's on the internet. People look into it and go, look at this guy, this modern-day hermit, look where he lives.
2: I, I, I actually want it to go out there because I want people to see and to understand this movement, what it's about, so hopefully they can um, take on some knowledge and help change the world in some better way. Ideally, I, w- I would want everyone to live freely in their home so they don't have to pay rent for their own home. You know, they can build their own home, They mud's everywhere, they don't have any limit, really, to building. So you still see your mum quite regularly? Yeah, yeah, near enough every weekend I'll see her. She, she wants to come, but... Uh, She's so busy with work and um, church and stuff, and she's a bit elderly. Uh, I recently just made the steps and the pathway there next to the stream to make it more more accessible, so when she does come, she won't have a problem. Does she want you to move back in? I guess I guess she does, yeah. She wants me to come back into society and get a job and work along with the system, but she knows that I'm not going to do that. Daniel Pike there. You can find out
0: more about Daniel and see the photos of his incredible self-made house on our website. It is really worth looking at the pictures. Modernman.co.uk So, Alex Fox, we are in your garden. Am I in the foxhole, technically?
1: You're technically in the lady garden.
0: (laughs) What have you been up to this week?
1: I've been booking hotels in the incredibly exotic, erotic location of Birmingham. Lovely. Ready to go to the ETO Awards, the oh, yeah. uh, Erotic Trade Only Awards.
0: You're nominated for an award.
1: I am, what, I is am. It best, for, the, for the second year running, I probably won't win it. dildo reviewer. Uh, no, Best Erotic Journalist, yeah, Erotic thing, Journalist of the Year. Well done.
0: Yeah. What else is receiving an award? At the uh, ETOs this year.
1: Well, I'm particularly interested in. Uh, there's a category for most interesting toy, uh, and some of the some of the items in that category are imaginative, shall we say? I'm a particular fan of the mangina. It's um, oh,
0: okay. Let me tell you what I think it is. Yeah,
1: L- let's see if you can guess. I imagine
0: it's a reverse strap-on. I imagine it's for the man who wants to receive. That's what I imagined. Am I wrong?
1: Those things do exist. You can get you can get uh, velcro pussies that sort of attach around your groinal area as, yeah. as a gentleman, that, uh-huh. so that you can uh, you can take on the role of a woman. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's but not it's that. not one of those. Okay. it's not one of those. It's essentially like a fleshlight, so uh-huh. you it, you can you can wank into it as yes. a guy, but it <laughs> also but Is it, it also works as a cock extension, so you can wear it too. Essentially like a a really thick condom. So it increases the girth and length Uh of your cock. So then you can penetrate your partner with it. Right. But there's, a, there's another item as well that I quite like. Really? Because that a, sounds
0: like a deserved winner.
1: <laughs> well, this that, is in a different category. That sounds like the
0: Sir Richard Attenborough of this particular award ceremony.
1: <laughs> this, this is in a different category. This is in Best New Couples product. Uh-huh. And this is a pr- I was going to get the product, standing ovation uh, in that category. Well, it involves two men standing and standing to attention. It's oh, aimed yeah. at, at, at same-sex couples, uh-huh. at, at gay couples. Um, it is a Tom of Finland head-to-head vibrating sleeve. This is essentially a masturbation sleeve. So it's a it's a tube into which you can insert your wangdang doodle hammer yeah. uh, and get yourself off. But it's it's double-ended. It's got a hole in either end, so that you and your male partner can both put your willy wee wuzzles in there and essentially bang bell ends. You can bump your bell ends together in the middle.
0: It's a tandem flashlight.
1: It's a tandem flashlight. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Shall we go on to this week's question?
1: Yes, yes. Let's let's roll on, Ollie.
0: Uh, It's from someone who wants to call themselves First Time Cheater. I imagine that's not their Christian name. He says, Hi Alex, I'm a married man going to Glastonbury without my wife, but I am going with a female friend, and we're likely to end up sleeping in the same tent. I have for years known that this woman had a crush on me. She was embarrassingly open to me about that at times, but I completely ignored her advances. Anyway, I know sleeping in the same tent is a stupid idea and I'm almost certain we will either have sex or almost have sex and I know I'm a complete asshole to even think about the possibility of cheating on my wife who I've never cheated on in over 10 years of marriage. But do you have any tips regarding sex or sexual acts in a tent? Uh, can I use the fact that tents are not soundproof at all as an excuse to do something that is not really sex but is almost sex if we end up having sex which I'm sure is going to be amazing, how can we avoid telling the neighbouring 50 tents that we're having sex? He seems not to have noticed he's just told 30,000 people that he he's up having <laughs> sex. But anyway, uh, yes, Alex, a dickhead having sex in a tent.
1: Okay, straight off the bat, I have to state that I am not comfortable with giving somebody advice on how to get away with cheating on their partner.
0: And I wonder really whether he's actually as comfortable as he suggests he is in the way he phrases the question with the whole scenario as well.
1: Yes, he sort of dithers about a bit, doesn't he? And goes, uh, oh, I'm really excited about this. But also, is there a way that I can find an excuse? Because, you know, oh, tents are really thin and maybe someone will hear us and maybe I could tell her that's why I want to not have sex, but have something a little bit more like sex. I'm like, ah.
0: I think as much as anything, the idea that this man is going to cheat on his partner is what is exciting him. I wonder if he's really going to go through with it after 10 years of marriage and feeling some doubt about it.
1: I would urge him to think long and hard, if those are the right words to use, about his intentions and the potential repercussions of doing the horizontal fandango with his female friend at Glastonbury. Because however hot that weekend might be, I'm, I'm sure his wife will find out one way or another. These things usually out themselves in the end. This one wild weekend of fun could potentially destroy the rest of his marriage
0: agreed and it's also just on purely practical terms i mean if you're absolutely committed to the idea that you want to cheat on your wife probably uh doing it with someone who's a close friend is possibly not that's not going to be a sort of you know tangle free one-off occasion is it as you say if there's been sexual tension for years you know this isn't just going to be something that you can forget about
1: No, and I wonder if the wife's probably got an inkling. If the female friend is really putting it on a plate, as it seems our listener is describing here, then uh, I'm sure that the missus has probably got an idea.
0: Uh, I think you're right, and you have to ask yourself, first time cheetah, what your wife's up to whilst you're at Glastonbury as well. (laughs) Maybe she's planned a long weekend as well.
1: Her sex will be a whole lot cleaner. That
0: said, if you had a colleague who you thought was sexually attracted to you and you were going to a music festival together, would you share a tent with them? If I thought there was sexual tension with someone, would I think about sharing a tent with that person?
1: Uh, Well, that was actually going to be my first suggestion. Why is this gent so intent on the idea of sharing a tent with this woman? It just seems like he's setting himself up for a really awkward situation pop-up tents you can get them for about 20 (laughs) quid they're really easy to erect and that means if he becomes erect it's well away from her i think at least at least try taking a second tent
0: he seems to be suggesting there's probably going to be alcohol or drugs involved in this aren't there he seems to be suggesting that he's he's going to have a chemical to blame uh, and therefore it's not his fault if they somehow end up between sleeping bags
1: but we know that there's been a lot of forethought exactly. here, yeah. and this has been brewing in his mind before he's even had uh, an alcoholic brew in his hand. I agree. So he can so. at least
0: mitigate that with a trip to blacks. I yeah, agree with exactly. you. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Let's take this away from this particular chat then. Let's say that, you know, you're someone who is not in a monogamous, faithful relationship, but you just want to have sex in a tent. Your tips.
1: Well, I actually once lost consciousness whilst having sex in a tent because I got How? so hot. I got, I overheated. I overheated at the big chill of all places.
0: <laughs> so open your vents, as it were.
1: Yes. Get a tent with vents. Having sex in a tent is really difficult. You've got that low ceiling. It's Look, let's not generalise about stuffing. tents here.
0: There are two men, there are three men. You can get a seven-man tent, Alex. Plenty of room for all kinds of fornicatory fun there.
1: That is true. I have actually had sex in a yurt as well. A really posh luxury yurt with llamas outside. It was at a swigger's party. Oh, right. Um when I say I was having sex, I was I was pleasing myself. I was doing a bit of DIY in the corner, shall I say. But there were another couple that I'd met at this swingers' party really going for it, uh, and it was at this posh country house and this yurt had been erected within an orchard. Uh, and because posh people like to have weird posh pets, there were a load of llamas roaming around outside. Mm. And every time this woman made orgasmic moans, the llamas bleated, so there was this really <laughs> strange soundtrack... Of uh, the woman going, ah, and the llama's going, meh. So it's like, ah, meh, ah, meh. And in the end, I, I, I stopped by a little one on one session with oh, myself because, yeah, I was completely and really? utterly cock blocked by a llama.
0: But also, are there um, practical mattresses that assist?
1: If they've got one of those little inflatable head cushions. Mm if you're in missionary position and the woman's on the bottom if she just pops that inflatable cushion or indeed any cushion under the small of her back or her bum then it will help tilt her pelvis upwards which means she's more likely to get some clitoral stimulation and be in the right position for G-spot stimulation and basically she's more likely to have a lot of orgasmic fun in a tent if she uses a cushion in that way.
0: Good tip Yeah. plus excellent lumbar support
1: Use that cushion for the pushing. I'll have an array of other tent based sex Tips, Good. Well can I just
0: offer my own? I'm not based on experience but just inclination.
1: Oh this is a foxhole reversal. Um. <laughs> the Mangina.
0: <laughs> With two ends. <laughs> Don't do it in the tent at all, just do it outside somewhere quiet. Like Glastonbury is very, very busy. But other smaller, slightly more boutique music festivals, there's probably a space where if you can be sure someone's not someone's not gonna shine a torch on you whilst they're trying to take a shit. If you can find somewhere that's just under a carpet of stars, that might be nicer, might it not, than doing it in a tent at all?
1: That's very true. But wherever you have sex at a festival, either in your tent, in your sleeping bag, outside,
0: on the pyramid stage,
1: on the pyramid stage, in a porta loo, if you're a terrifying scat fan, <laughs> two cautionary things that I would say: use a condom, mm-hmm. especially as at festivals people tend to have wild flagrant sex with new people Uh, and also because a wet patch in a sleeping bag is a gooey sicky unpleasant thing indeed and also be really careful about hygiene people tend to get muckier than normal at festivals yeah five
0: days without a shower isn't it by the end of it
1: yeah yeah Yeah. and hell of a lot of faecal bacteria on your hands (laughs) Um, so if you you are possibly able to wash your hands using soap and water before sex that's going to it will uh, lower your chances particularly as a woman of contracting a urinary infection which can be really really painful Also, just a word of warning to gents, whilst hand sanitising lotions are very useful in festival circumstances, uh, they can be extremely stingy if they come anywhere near your genitalia.
0: Yes, very good. Um,
1: (laughs) Your yes, then, sounded like it came from a place of knowledge, um, uh, Holly. Have you accidentally stung your pain with some... uh, Only when chopping chillies,
0: not in the hand bacterial department, but I can imagine the analogous feeling. This man who writes to us does suggest that he'd quite like to get on with the business at hand quietly. Mm -hmm. For those who do want to do that, what is the best way to proceed?
1: My top tip here is a lollipop gag, and this, this has lots and lots of purposes. Get yourself a sugar-free chopper chops. Mm -hmm. Sugar-free is best because if you're going anywhere near someone's uh, bits and bobs with your mouth, if you've just eaten a sugary substance, then it can encourage yeast to grow, which uh, results in a delightful infection. So sugar-free chopper chops. Uh, If you go for a sour flavour in particular, then it will stimulate your your saliva. So if you're going to give your partner oral sex, then you won't have a dry mouth. Mm -hmm. It's particularly useful if you've been on the booze Mm -hmm. uh, because drinking tends to make your mouth drier.
0: When you said lollipop gag, I thought you were going to talk about some grotesque product that is actually out in the shape of a lollipop. But actually, taking a lollipop and putting it... I mean, until it's used within the sexual acts, that's just a lollipop, right? Yeah. If anyone sees it in your bag.
1: Yeah. It costs about 20p. A couple of condoms
0: and a lollipop. No one's going to ask yeah. any questions about your packing. exactly.
1: Yeah. It also, it has a taste, so if you're going down on somebody at a festival and they are a little fragrant, mm. shall we say, mm. if, they have an, if they have an aromatic erotic area because mm. they haven't showered for a bit, then that will help to mask that. Uh, and if you find find... find that your partner is moaning and groaning and making all sorts of sounds then all you have to do is take that lollipop out of your mouth and pop it in theirs Mm. it looks like quite a titillating gesture Mm. but it will also help them shut the fuck up
0: Mm. very very useful advice if people want to see more alex fox during our hiatus where can they find you
1: Uh, Well, you can always contact me on Twitter. Um, I'm at Alex Fox, that's spelt with one I, like Cyclops, A-L-I-X-F-O-X. And also, I'm I'm delighted to say that I've been officially recognised as both middle class and middle aged, and hired by The Guardian.
0: Ah, Another one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) I'm presenting a new podcast series called Close Encounters, where I go to the bedrooms of various Brits and talk to them about their personal experiences of sex and relationships and how they've shaped their lives.
0: Oh, that'll never work. We know that Brits don't like to open up about their sex lives.
1: There's a woman with two vaginas on it.
0: Uh, (laughs) Enough said. Uh, And it's produced by producer Matt as well. It is. I will be subscribing. uh, So it's called Close Encounters when it comes out, right? Guardian Podcast, and it's going to perfectly. Now don't don't do a pun here. I'm just being serious. It's going to perfectly fill the hole between now and the next series of the Modern Man. The ear hole. Don't do a pun.
1: I'm making a face. She's really struggling. Whilst I try not to do a pun. <laughs>
0: And with that, another triumphant series of The Modern Man draws to a close. If you have a question of sex you'd like featured on the next series, or you'd like to sponsor the show, uh, or you'd like to send us any feedback at all, just visit modernman.co.uk and click on Feedback. And remember, if you want to send us money in a safe, convenient way, then click Beer money. Uh, now, as it happens, I too have a new show for The Guardian, which you can subscribe to now. Uh, it is called Chips With Everything, and it's a documentary series about when technology and people collide. Uh, so do look that one up. Plus, my other two podcasts, The Media Podcast and Answer Me This, are both still available for download. Find out more about them and me on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Ollie with a Y. M A double N uh, and producer Matt has innumerable other shows for you to enjoy for example the comedy show for F1's sake If you belong to that small subset of Modern Man listeners who also enjoys Formula One, then you will enjoy this. It's a great podcast about the motorsport you love to hate and hate to love. Our theme music continues to be by Django Django from their debut album, and this is the summariest record we could find. It's called Shine, and it's by Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals. They're live in the UK in October, which is roughly when we shall next see you. I've been Ollie Mann. The producer Matt Hill have an amazing summer bye-bye We shine like a new
3: town.